One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And we are back for another Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. So happy to have you guys along. It's uh, crazy times as uh, we just took a client live in Miami. So I was actually in Miami over the last week and did the show from Miami uh, last week. And now uh, it's snowing here in Birmingham, Alabama. We got about six inches today, an unforeseen snow day for the kids and have uh, incredible pictures of them building snowmen and just the way it looks here in Alabama. It's fantastic. You can find those on my Facebook at Rick A. Morris. Um, Coming up, we've got a fantastic guest. We can't wait to get to uh, talk to him. But uh, uh, right now, we're into that downswing. So there's no more speaking engagements uh, that's coming up in December for us. We'll hit the road again in January, and we'll keep you abreast of all of that. You can follow that at rickamorris.com. Find out where we're going to be, where we're going to be speaking, and, and what we're talking about. So let's just get right into our guest today. This gentleman founded MJS Executive Search. And despite the lean times in 2003, the new firm thrived from the start. He established himself as a leading retained executive search firm uh, that knows how to find the right executive, even in the most unexpected places. MJS calls these unique individuals transformational talent, and it's something they've trademarked and that we'll dig into today. Uh, This gentleman knows when a client's objectives are achievable and when they're impossible, and so he relishes difficult searches while setting realistic expectations. He's also passionate about leading-edge technology, so if it's digital, social, new, and cool, he speaks the language. Not only can he interpret it, but he also can leverage it to teach, inform, and most importantly, to persuade. So let's bring him on right now, Matthew Swartz. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Rick. Uh, Very, very excited to talk to you. You know, we, we've had recruiters um, on before, and we've talked about different platforms that are in the recruiting industry that are, are becoming disruptive forces, uh, such as Fetch, uh, that's really trying to take that recruiter a little bit out of, of play, right? Trying to connect talent directly to companies. So talk to me for a second, um, if you would, about this transformational talent and why people would be looking at an executive search firm uh, versus just trying to fill this on their own. Absolutely. So um, when, like you said in your introduction there, when I started the firm at the end of, uh, at the beginning of 2003, um, it was uh, at the at the beginning or the right after the dot com and dot com boom and bust, and uh, companies had spent millions of dollars building brands that that disappeared overnight. And um, they uh, all were in need of the same thing at the time, which was what they called, you know, measurable marketing. So it was a lot of direct and database marketing activity. Um, and a- as we started with that, uh, so it was direct database email marketing. Um, as the skill sets evolved over the next few years, we started to get into what we call digital marketing transformation. And then uh, one of our clients, American Express, uh, said to us wow, you know, you've been doing some really interesting search work. It's really much broader than digital marketing transformation. It sounds like business reimagination. And as a search firm, we can't take credit for reimagining our clients' businesses, although in today's days, today's times, they're doing it um, all over, all over the place. And we can talk about some specific examples in a few minutes. Um, but we, we do focus on the talent. So that, that's where the idea of transformational talent came about. Out. Um, to give you some quick examples, is uh, you know uh, we started working with uh, PepsiCo as one of our earliest clients back in uh, 2004. Um, within a few years, we had filled some pretty traditional roles, but then they came to us and said, "Hey, you know, can you find us our first head of global social media in 2008?" Um, our first head of uh, their first head of global digital strategy and development, but then they bought back their bottlers and were uh, looking to reinvent their vending fountain and cooler equipment. So, how do you make a vending machine a, a giant touchscreen with facial recognition and the ability to pay with your smartphone, maybe uh, play a video game or sing karaoke with Beyonce while having all of this equipment connected to the internet? to collect 
data for manufacturing supply chain maintenance optimization. So they, uh, they hired us to go out and identify engineers with MBAs who had created products or services that had never existed before. And so uh, we went and did that. And so our first placement was one of the, the creators of Xbox Connect at Microsoft. And uh, he made the move. And as you can imagine, you know, the last place he thought he was going to go after, you know, after uh, deciding to leave Microsoft was a packaged goods company. And uh, so we helped do that and then subsequently built the entire team to reinvent vending fountain and cooler as well as the head of big data to collect all of this data and uh, optimize it and disseminate it across the organization. Yeah, so firms are really having to evolve. And, and so in evolving, I love the fact that you know, we, we had a gentleman on the show by the name of Paul Pedrazzi uh, who is, is really in charge of, of rebranding the way CA looks at their software and all of their, their you know, tools into kind of a single mm-hmm. platform. And so in, in interviewing him and working, you know, his mind just operated differently. Like he even uh, created a lunchbox that ended up on Shark Tank um, in the meantime while he's doing all this fantastic work. So you, you're finding talent now in just the most unexpected places. And, you know, the, it's, but the things that we're challenging people with now, like you said, have never been done before. So how do you find those people? What, you know, what do you do to, to research that kind of talent? Yeah. So first of all, it it really depends. Now things have evolved quite a bit. You know, there's always an organization that's doing something that's somewhat similar. But more importantly, we like to say that we invent people. We we don't fabricate people, but we invent them. And and what that typically means is that it's not a linear path in which a person takes from one position to one of these uh, positions of the future or highly innovative roles. It's usually a, a combination of skills that they have and a combination of industry experiences that allow them to make the transition. In, in today's market, um, first of all, we work on behalf of companies looking to identify very specific people. And um, beyond compensation, the number one reason why most of our candidates are open to even considering making a move is the fact that they have the opportunity to really transform and impact a, a business in a major way. So if they're we recently recruited a, uh, a senior uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning leader from Amazon to go to a, a major financial services company. And uh, again, you know, not, uh, this person did not have specific financial services company experience, had some experience in the, the practices of financial services. But again, you know, they were looking for the, the best in class skill set and PhD background of someone from Amazon to uh, to go and innovate in uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Yeah, so that's interesting, right? Because uh, again, we, when we say we're reinventing ourselves or reinventing people, it, the, that evolution is what's so important. Um, you know, I do a lot with, uh, I'm an executive director of the John Maxwell team. And so we do a lot of leadership coaching and, and work around that. Um, where do you find, you know, the, the servant leadership qualities? How do you help judge those? And um, do you see that more servant leaders are becoming more successful in today's environment than maybe years past? Hmm. Interesting. Um, how do you define servant leaders exactly? Well, there's multiple ways to define them, but when we look at servant leadership, and if you look at maybe some of the writings of Cheryl Boschelder or John Maxwell, it's really about learning how to put uh, the team and your customers first uh, versus that traditional top-down and and centralized decision-making process. Uh, which is a completely different skill set because most of us that worked with the executives coming up through the dot-com era, it was very command and control. And yeah. now with the millennial generation and everything else that we're doing, it's it's more collaborative approach and decentralized uh, decision-making. But we've been writing about it for years. It just seems to be now it's really starting to take off because they're being forced to. Uh, and I was just wondering Absolutely. if you were seeing, you know, seeing that the more successful executives – you know, what are maybe some identifying traits that they have that, that are different than maybe, say, six years ago? Yeah, that, that's, that's a great question. So it, it's interesting. First of all, it is a necessity that these people rely more on their teams. The, the skill sets are so diverse 
Uh, we'll take marketing, for example. The, the skill sets for a chief marketing officer are, are so diverse, and, and one person can't be an expert in every single area. So, you know, where before a classically trained marketing executive who maybe came up through uh, package goods and maybe was trained at P&G, that, that person was trained to be a true general manager. And, and while that's great and they're really running a business, um, in today's world, the, the, the four Ps of product price, promotion, and, and distribution are just that promotion piece alone is so fragmented because of, of digital and, um, and uh, the use of, of data and understanding their customers in a, in a very granular way that they need so many experts uh, underneath them to be able to uh, reach their consumers uh, in an effective way to you know, drive their sales and, and drive their performance. So um, if someone doesn't have that skill set and is trying to still be in this command and control uh, environment, they're probably not going to be long for this world in the, you know, because most of our, um, pretty much all of our clients are evolving from being highly product centric from being to being extremely customer centric. So uh, again, finding that uh, person that's much more of an orchestrator and can build the right team underneath them to drive the success of the organization is what we're seeing is, is key with the, uh, the senior leaders that we're placing. Yeah, and, and I, I think that that's an important distinction because what we're seeing more so in the in the workplace as well from traditional project portfolio management, those areas, is that we're now making that shift to funding value versus funding projects. And, and that's a huge yep. shift in mindset uh, for a lot of people. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break right here. We're going to let some of our sponsors pay our bills. We'll be right back with Matt Schwartz, the founder of MJS Executive Search, right after this break. You're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. In today's hyper-fast, super-competitive business world, on time is now too late, on budget is now too expensive, and today's innovation is tomorrow's antique, which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile, and there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality. So you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback, build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution, and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management from CA. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the work-life balance. And we are back to the work-life balance. We'd like to thank our sponsors, CA, which you can visit them at ca.com and find out about all their products. And, of course, our Squared Consulting, which you can find at R-Squared, spell out the D, R-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D, consulting.com. We're talking to Matt Schwartz today. He's the founder of the MGS, MJS Executive Search. And we were just talking, Matt, uh, you know, about your know, future and in, in, in how people in, in servant leadership and how they need to adapt. So with that, do you see some future trends in, in hiring? And if so, what they are, what they are? Yeah. So it, as we were talking about before, it, it all starts with companies identifying that they need to be much more customer centric than uh, product centric, um, understanding their customers' needs is, is paramount, and understanding that a, a client could have a lot of ownership over the future brand of the organization in the future is also really key. So um, in order to better understand a customer and get a lot more granular, the ability to go very deep into their data um, or, you know, first of all, it could be just collecting the right type of data is, is going to be super, super important. So we're seeing a lot of organizations staff up in data analytics, and then if they, they get to the next level, it's more in the area of artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, connected to that, there's the whole technology piece. Um, we're, we're getting a lot more used to in our day-to-day life, um, things that are uh, considered in the world of Internet of Things, so like call it our Alexa, our Siri, our Google Home. Um, companies are now thinking about what if 80% of the traffic came from one of these devices versus how we access it, uh, access it now and what does that experience look like. So thinking about the entire end-to-end user and customer experience is also super key. So these are all you know, skill sets that, that may not exist in organizations currently, but a lot of our clients are coming to us and, and realizing it's, it's super important. Um, on another uh, end, the, an area that's not uh, specifically technology-driven is in the area of, of communications, more importantly, uh, in, internal communications. Internal communications within organizations has often looked like uh, what they call um, inbox-type activity, sending a lot of emails and blasts where it just becomes white noise out to the employees. Today, we're seeing more and more clients talk about true employee engagement and using third-party tools beyond their intranets uh, of old to really be able to um, not only communicate with them in a more uh, Facebook-like way, and, and Facebook has their own product, a uh, Facebook for work type product, but um, use it more as like a, you know, could be a chat mechanism, could be a, w- a way to recognize, reward um, uh, employees, and uh, really get their attention. Maybe uh, employees are not deskbound day in and day out, so how do you communicate the key messages and the uh, important uh, goals of the company to those uh, folks as well. And so there's a, a huge trend in trying to identify true engagement talent as well. Um, and then lastly, uh, we do not specifically place technology leaders. We don't place CTOs or CIOs, but we're seeing a, a major trend within our clients that are realizing that having a, a, a decentralized um, technology, marketing, um, uh, analytics, um, mobile uh, groups within organizations is, is not going to be the way things are going to work in the future. So there's a whole trend for organizations like Spotify to create tribes and squads that specialize in very specific areas. And, and these um, tribes are in interdisciplinary groups that are made up of um, uh, of, of small teams that are basically self-sufficient to do full projects and execute them in a much more agile fashion and bring them to market. So 
it's um, if they're going to uh, create a, a new mobile interface or some sort of Internet of Things uh, uh, interaction, uh, these groups can do that very quickly with, the, with full autonomy within organizations where uh, in the past it needed to be much more of that top-down approach that we were talking about. Yeah, and this audience is is you know a project management audience in, in general that that listens to this show, and so we are are consumed right now with what's called the agile methodology, which follows that right. So tribes coming from Seth Godin and that group, um, but really uh, talking about how to stop the the top down, and, and quite frankly, you know, so many projects fail, and I've been a project manager twenty five years. Uh, the mm-hmm. reason why they fail is that you know we're, we're being absurd and thinking that we can identify something 18 months in advance and, and, and don't have a structure in which can emerge and change like that. What we're finding in the industry is how many organizations are so slow to move. So are you yeah. catching you know certain clients that, that, that just seem to be on the, that front edge of that, really being adaptive, that's, that's, innovative, that portion? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's go back for a second. I, I didn't define it, but for us, you know, transformational talent is often roles that have never existed before within our client's business, skill sets that are not organic to the company or the industry, or roles that need a significant upgrade due to an infusion of digital marketing or technology. So th- that is often with companies that are on the cutting edge, and uh, we are working with a few companies that are ahead of the curve in their industry uh, uh, sector. But then there's a number of other companies that are trying to play catch-up as well. Um, uh, we've done a lot of work with Pitney Bowes over the years, and you know, you mentioned Pitney Bowes, and, and some people are like, whoa, the, the mailing machine company? You know, I, I didn't even know they were still around. You know, I haven't sent a letter in a long time. But at the <laughs> same time, we the most recent work that we did for them is really helping to uh, staff up their their future vision, which is to become a, a software and services company. And so their new tagline is the craftsman of commerce. And how do they enable uh, e-commerce and international uh, uh, e-commerce transactions and, and shipping capabilities? And and they are actually at the forefront of that air, uh, of that world. And um, they're also creating a number of tools for for omni-channel retail experiences. So you know, in that sense, even though they might be a uh, a company that people think is a, an old school organization, they actually are are doing some incredible things and have asked us to help them. Uh, um, you build those teams to do it. And see, that ties in directly with our sponsor uh, organization, CA, uh, which their tagline is, is every company is a software company. And if you're not innovating <laughs> with software, if you're not pushing software, uh, then you, you likely will not be around. Uh, but if you think about it, you look at companies like Nike. Nike has more software developers than they do anything else. And so traditionally an apparel company, but Right. They, they have a massive investment in software. Uh, but if you think about the channels of Amazon and Facebook marketing and everything else. And so speaking of that, you know, how digital savvy do these executives need to be? Because I'll tell you, we've shared personal stories on this show before. Um, I had a very personal story with my car uh, where I wasn't getting anywhere with the organization until I tweeted about it. And the moment I started to tweet my frustration, uh, we, we advanced something that had been going on for nine or ten months inside of two weeks. And I'm seeing that more and more. I, you know, dealing with the company traditionally, calling into the call center, trying to get something solved. But if you tweet anything negatively, uh, the the response time is amazing. So, how, you know, are you seeing a lot more executives trying to become more digital savvy, or is that just a flat requirement? You know, from now on. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I love that example, and uh, a number of our clients are are setting up um, social media listening or um, facilities and and really paying attention. But uh, but not every not all companies are doing that. So you know, do you, when you did you get the attention of a specific executive, or did you get the attention of a a social media listening lab that that uh, escalated it to the right person to help you with your situation? Yeah, I would say it was more the second, but but because I'm so active on Twitter and have so many followers, um, and then I also have you know several friends that that are uh, you know entertainment people that people know, um, so I was actually getting them to tweet negative stuff to me, so I wasn't the person saying anything negative. 
Um, but mm-hmm. because they were so known, you know, uh, throughout the United States, it, it got immediate attention. And uh, so I had a car situation that was a lemon that they wouldn't fix. And literally, you know, after nine, 10 months of fighting, they closed the case. And right after a negative tweet, uh, I received a call um, from my caseworker and let me know that anytime we negatively tweet, it, it hits her desk, which I was absolutely the wrong person to tell that to. So we inundated them. Right over two weeks, I have a, yep. a, a tweet scheduling service that I can just put anything I want out every ten minutes if that's what I want, and uh, so I, yeah, yeah, it resolves very very quickly. Hmm. Fantastic. Okay, so did I answer your question? Well, I apologize. I, I think so. No, I think so. Okay. But it, it's that digital savviness, right? It, it's being aware that there is a conversation occurring, whether you're involved or not. Um, on the social media side, and then there's so many analytics that are coming out now that people are trusting social media more so than standard marketing, which forces the shift in an executive mindset. There you go. So, so that's what I that's that that is uh, what I was talking about before about uh, individuals having control over the brand. Um, you know, if you're having a miserable experience and and others like you have bought. Uh, a vehicle that is of poor quality. It doesn't matter how beautiful their commercials are and and what kind of great rock music they they license for the uh, the ad. If if you're unhappy, it's gonna you know a lot of other people are gonna hear about it. So um, it, you really need to pay attention and and make sure that you're creating that great experience. Uh, for your your drivers in this case, and uh, they're going to be the ones that are going to you know tell their friends how great their car is or how great the customer service was, opposed to uh, remembering that commercial that they may not even see because we're we're fast forwarding through, through so many commercials these days, except for uh, during live sports. That's exactly it. So so I mean, and again, so many people are starting to trust that social media angle more so than than what advertisers tell them. So when we come back, mm-hmm. I want to tease the audience here for a second because one of the one of the key things I've honed in on uh, based on our our meetings before is is compelling compensation. And so that's something that we're going to dig into right after this break. You're listening to the work life balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Winning in the application economy means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot is suddenly not? Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management, the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CAPPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged. All while you maximize performance and portfolio value. It's little wonder that CAPPM is the industry leader with more than 2 million happy users worldwide, not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA Project and Portfolio Management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front? Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. 
Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back. A lot of people, you know, I've gotten several tweets over the last couple of weeks about what that music is for, you know, our when we go to break and the commercials for our squared. And that was actually created by a group called The Party and uh, the original Mickey Mouse Club kids and uh, had uh, the chance this past week to be in Boston with Chase Hampton, who's been on the show before. So we appreciate their their donation of that track to us so that we can have a decent beat coming into the work-life balance. So we're here with Matt Schwartz. And so, Matt, we had talked about uh, you know, a little bit about future trends. We've talked about you know, what executives really need, need to kind of learn um, going into the future. In, in, in one of your talking points, you have, a, I think it's a great phrase. It's not my phrase, it's yours. Uh, but you have something called compelling compensation. And I think these days, you know, it, it used to be, you know, what's my salary? What are my benefits? Okay, let me sign. I, I think we're starting to evolve out of that a little bit now. So, so what do you consider compelling compensation? Yeah. So uh, organizations are, are getting a lot smarter um, in, in evaluating compensation. Um, first of all, one of the first things we tell our clients when we discuss uh, taking on a, uh, a search project with them is that they don't dictate what the compensation does. The mar- the, the, they don't dictate what the compensation is. The market does. So um, they need, if they want the best talent and the most skilled A players within the market, they're going to have to acknowledge what they're currently earning. Um, the other thing is they need to really look at how they uh, compensate their employees, what uh, percentile they are in for their industry, but also within the function. And so they often uh, uh, take on salary surveys to you know, really understand, you know, are they offering the right amount of money? Um, the last piece, though, um, is what components make up that compensation? So, uh, you know, typically it's a base salary, it's a significant bonus, and then there's a long-term incentive. Um, with the roles that we're placing, we're seeing people that are earning significant cash compensation but companies like Google and Microsoft and Amazon are handing these individuals significant restricted shares to walk in the door, which best over a four or five year period. So that creates, you know, some significant golden handcuffs. So say they got a quarter, uh, I'm sorry, a half a million dollars in restricted stock that's vested over a four or five year period. Um, that doesn't mean they're going to get additional grants at that level every single year, they'll most likely get something, but that number is significant enough that that next employer is going to have to understand that it's going to be their responsibility to buy them out of whatever bonuses they're leaving on the table, and then some of the projected income they would receive from their uh, restricted stock. And then when you look at a, a company, people holding shares from like an Amazon, for example, that's appreciated so dramatically so quickly, um, there's often going to be a lot of pushback in terms of, okay, well, it appreciated X amount over the last uh, 24 months. If I stayed another 24 months, what could that look like? And, you know, the, it's important that the compensation teams kind of think about that, even though it's speculative, to make their, their best offer possible, especially if they, uh, they compensate people in a different way or um, are not used to distributing that kind of restricted stock in their current organization. So I'm going to put you on the spot for a second, and, and uh, I'll give you a second to think about it. But uh, you know, you've been you've had this firm for 14 years. What was the 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 best counter offer you ever saw one of your candidates make that you didn't think was possible, um, or the most unique request from a compensation model that you saw granted by an organization in one of these searches? 
interesting. Um, I don't know if there's been anything unique. I mean, I've been in search for 23 years. What I can tell you, though, is that in some of these areas with, with highly specialized skill sets like artificial intelligence and machine learning, there are only a, a finite number of, of PhDs who have the most advanced skills working with the, the most um, uh, uh, sophisticated tools out there. And so when we see companies having to almost double, or in some cases double someone's compensation, uh, and maybe they're moving from the West Coast to the East Coast, maybe the Pacific Northwest where it's a lot less expensive than Silicon Valley, but you know the Northeast is still very expensive. Um, to see a company double uh, or more than double someone's compensation, it, it seems completely illogical, but unfortunately they have to do it if they're going to compete. If they're going to uh, dig their heels in and uh, the company is going to dig its heels in and uh, not be able to be able to offer those kinds of numbers, they're probably going to have a very long road in terms of hiring the, uh, the most uh, uh, talented people with the most advanced skill sets. So I think the audience definitely perked up at, at the prospect of, you know, doubling a salary or something of that sort in, in, in a search mm-hmm. like this. What could a job seeker do today to increase the chances of being able to make a, a move like that? Yeah. So first of all, um, when I, uh, I actually do some talks and mostly to, uh, uh, universities and uh, both undergrad and grad students on, on how to become transformational talent. Um, what people need to prevent is being in a job that is you know, pretty routine day in and day out where they're not figuring out what is the uh, future of my position, what is the role that I'd ultimately like to see me in, see myself in, and what are the skill sets that I would need to be in that position and see if they can either uh, educate themselves on their own, you know, by going back to school and taking specific courses or getting their, their employer to sponsor them to make sure that they're, they're staying up to date. So, for example, one of our clients um, hired us in the last few years to find a, a senior vice president of media for the organization. This company was spending hundreds of millions of dollars buying TV ads. They had a very talented, uh, loyal employee who had been with the company 18 years, but unfortunately, the, the media landscape had changed so dramatically that this person didn't have the, the deep digital experience that is needed today to understand the ins and outs of, of uh, programmatic buying and, and how it's combined with social and, and television to make the media spend as, uh, as effective as possible. So ultimately, this organization elected to hire someone above this person, which was welcome because this individual was able to learn, but at the same time, uh, you know, uh, it was unfortunate that this person, after 18 years of service to this organization, found themselves without the modern skill set necessary to advance to the next level within their career. So if this person was able to uh, uh, learn uh, more from, you know, again, through either going back to school or being part of a, a share group or um, uh, uh, bringing in uh, some sort of doing some sort of uh, industry share across company, you know, those things could be immensely valuable uh, to allow to allow someone like that or someone in a position that's that's evolving currently to, uh, you know, make sure they've got the modern skill set of the future. Yeah, and I think I mean you can never stop growing. That that's that's a key Correct. in a lot of this. You can never stop learning or growing. There's never a point where you know it all. And I think the best leaders I've ever worked with or worked for are those ones that are just avid, you know, researchers, learners and and willing to try new things. So we we talked about that for a second from a job seeker perspective, but with you um, you know, working with several organizations, that kind of stuff, how could we best take advantage of your services? How do we get the most value when we're trying to do a, a search and use a firm like yours? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, so uh, 
Hmm. Number of different ways I can answer that. Um, so first of all, uh, identifying uh, a firm like mine that you know really has the experience uh, and the skill set to understand the function you're looking to recruit for. So we are. Uh, we know what we know. We know what we're good at. We also know what we're not good at. So, you know, being able to let a client know that we're not here just to take on every search, just to take it on, is is, is not what we do. So, we we tend we have a pretty clear definition of what we're what we're good at and uh, have a very long search list. So, being able to provide that experience to a client to be able to um, showcase uh, our past successes uh, is usually uh, helpful. Two, um, it's important that you engage a search firm that uh, has some real industry insights because we are not just hired for a resume. We're, we're to provide resumes. We're not transactional. Uh, clients look to us to provide insights on the market. Um, what are we seeing? Are there be able to manage uh, their expectations? Make sure they're in line that so they know they can get with what they're asking for, um, and uh, and also uh, help manage their expectation. To our point before around compensation, um, uh, yeah. So so those are those are probably some of the the key things. Um, and then I think it's always important when engaging a, a search firm to check references. Uh, make sure that you talk to other clients. Make Find out if they had a positive experience. Um, find out the type of work that was done. Um, in our case, we do a, a very a, a wide range of work for our clients. So when someone asks us for references, we try and give them the, the references that are the most uh, uh, in line with the skill set that they're looking to fill within their organization. And so if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about this search firm, you can visit www.capitalmcapitaljsearch.com. That's mjsearch.com. You can find out all about Match Sports there. And we'd actually suggest that you try to take a look. So if you're listening to us online, go ahead and open up a browser. Check out mjsearch.com because we're going to take our final break right here. And we'll be back with the final segment of the Work-Life Balance. You're listening to Rick Morris. In today's hyper-fast, super-competitive business world, on time is now too late, on budget is now too expensive, and today's innovation is tomorrow's antique, which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile, and there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality. So you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback, build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution, and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management. From CA. Winning in the application economy means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot is suddenly not? Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CAPPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged. All while you maximize performance and portfolio value. It's little wonder that CAPPM is the industry leader with more than 2 million happy users worldwide, not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA Project and Portfolio Management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front?
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back for the final segment of the Work-Life Balance. We do want to remind you that you can search the hashtag PM Minute uh, for the Project Management Minute. That's a new series that we started and release every Friday. It's a little one-minute vignette you can find on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, all of the uh, social applications, uh, which just is a quick little reminder of things that we should know in the project management profession. So coming back to Matt, Matt, you know, we we were talking there. Um, you you said that you had a, an additional resource for our audience. I'd love for you to share that with them. Yeah, beyond our website, uh, if you're interested in downloading a free ebook uh, on transformational talent, um, you can text the word MJ Search to four four two two two. That's MJ Search to four four two two two, and uh, we'll shoot that right over to you. And how else can can our audience find you and interact with you? Yeah, so um, our website is mjsearch.com. We're also active on Twitter at mjsearch and uh, on LinkedIn as well. And so one of the questions we like to ask all of our guests is, what is some of the best advice you've ever received? Yeah, um, I would say two things come to mind. Um, being in such a highly pro- project-based business, uh, such as executive search, uh, one of the things I learned early on is, is good work rewards good work. So if we do a great job, odds are we're going to get asked back to do more work. So for us, we may do uh, one search every year for uh, three to five years straight. We may do five searches a year with that same client for a number of years straight. But as long as we do a great job, we're, we're always going to get more work. Um, so that's the first thing. The, the second thing is is thinking about um, the career and and especially what what we do in, in executive search is is a, is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, there's, uh, you know, the highest highs and the lowest lows in terms of performance and activity, um, and ups and downs because you're dealing with people's lives and, and challenging positions. But if you focus on the long term, um, or if I focus on the long term, you know, the, the, the better off I've been. Again, uh, so many of my friends have been in and out of this industry, have changed firms multiple times, and uh, I've been able to, to you know, uh, uh, deal and uh, you know, perform with, uh, in this entrepreneurial space <laughs> very successfully for quite a long time now. So, And what have, you, what have you, right, so at the same time that you're running this executive search firm, you're also an entrepreneur and, and proprietor. So what do you find the most challenging in, in running your business? Um, I would say one of the things that I, I really spend a lot of time on and probably the biggest challenge is we've got a number of, of really blue chip global fortune 500 clients, but we're also a a small boutique organization based in Westchester, New York. So we're always looking for more, uh, companies to, to know who we are, know what we're capable of. And uh, so there's been a lot of effort in regard to uh, to marketing, whether it's uh, the blog posts that we write, the uh, the, the digital uh, campaigns that we're doing on, on LinkedIn and Facebook, and trying to crack that code to get the attention of our target clients is probably the the most challenging aspect of of what we do. And yeah, customer acquisition is always the highest cost, right, for small businesses. Um, anything else that we've missed that you would love to share with our audience? Anything in closing? Um, if you're an organization and a, a hiring leader, whether a, a head of talent management or a, a senior executive looking to hire senior leaders in your organization, we would love to talk to you. And uh, you can feel free to reach out to me on my website or uh, via LinkedIn and uh, would love to uh, either 
discuss an opportunity with you or help you uh, uh, with your challenge in terms of uh, helping you understand what the market looks like better. And do you accept candidates' uh, submission or do you go find the candidates once the search is active? Yeah, uh, we definitely accept candidate submission. Um, we uh, People can email to uh, resumes at mjsearch.com. Um, and we will follow up with you, although our time is spent uh, focused specifically on uh, clients' roles uh, day in and day out. So it becomes a real timing game, right, you know, right time, right place, if, uh, if that person's going to be appropriate. I, I would encourage people to look at our website first to make sure they're at least an industry and a functional fit uh, before forwarding their paperwork. Right, because you do not want to be inundated with just random resumes, fair? Correct, correct. <laughs> right, you're not monster. You are a very boutique That's firm right. with very, very specialized focus. Well, Matt, we appreciate correct. you spending this time on the work-life balance with us. We hope you'll come back and share with us as, as the industry grows uh, and, and come back and check in with our audience. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Matt. And so next week, we're going to be featuring Molly Montgomery, uh, who's the founder of Ascension. It's a startup advisory firm that helps high-performing entrepreneurs and visionary leaders grow and scale their company with confidence. So we're really excited to have Molly aboard. Uh, we'll be talking again about how to scale you, uh, your business as an entrepreneur, what are some of the pitfalls of being an entrepreneur, and how to really help run your business going forward. So startup growing pains we'll discuss. We'll discuss preventing entrepreneurial disasters. Uh, and really just reaching your true potential as a founder. So we're excited to have Molly aboard next week. You can be sure to tune in. That is 4 o'clock Central or 5 o'clock Eastern every Friday right here at the Work-Life Balance. To get in touch with me, you can hit me at Twitter at, at Rick A. Morris. You also can find our guest at mjsearch.com. Or again, on heat, on Twitter there is at mjsearch. Uh, you can find me again at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com or at rickamorris.com. We certainly love and appreciate our audience. You know, the numbers continue to come in and continue to grow. So we love our growing family right here at the Work-Life Balance. So please reach out to me. Find me on social media. Let me know what you think about the show. Maybe you have some suggestions for guests that you'd like to hear sooner rather than later. We'd love to hear your feedback. As always, we've enjoyed spending our Friday with you. We'll look forward to spending our next Friday with you right here on the Work-Life Balance. You've been listening to Rick Morris. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk soon. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.